join us right now on MMA FanCast. We talk extensively about the Mayweather-McGregor press conferences that happened all last week. We talk about the Los Angeles press conference, the Toronto, the Brooklyn, and the London press conference. We break it down. We talk about who won each press conference and who was the loser. We also talk about UFC Fight Night 116. Looks like it's coming to Pittsburgh, the home of Octagon 24-7 and MMA FanCast. And now I turn it over to my man Goldie. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of MMA FanCast. This is episode 32 to be exact. I am your host, Ryan Middleton, and we are going to spend a large majority of our time here today speaking about the Maymac World Tour that took place this past week. There were four straight nights of of press conferences if you want to call them that I don't uh, I don't we'll talk more about that later but um, we're gonna talk about that and we're gonna talk about some other topics as well ladies and gentlemen today I am joined by one of the very oldest human beings that have ever graced this earth it is my pleasure to be in the man, with the man in the war, Guinness Book of World Records for the oldest person alive. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Sahara Mooney. Hard work. Hard, I mean, uh, what's up? What's up? What's up? I have hard work on my mind. I don't know why. All work is what? Hard work. Then point to the easy work then. No. Yeah, he uh, he tried to get oh. Showtime guy to answer that, and he was I, having. They didn't none of show it. him on the camera though. Right, they didn't. But based on uh, McGregor's, or I'm sorry, Mayweather's reaction, and Con- yeah, Connor's reaction was laughing at him. Anyway, oh, I didn't, I didn't we're going to talk about all of those things. There was a lot of fun stuff. That happened at the uh, at the world tour, so we're gonna cover all that uh, as well as um, you know just talk about MMA in general. It was uh, each night I think of the press conferences, each one, each day, whatever you want to call it. In the you know it was daytime for us here in the U.S. Uh, for the London one. But each one had a totally different, um, they all had different personalities. Yes, uh, they all they had, did. They were very different press conferences. Um, the first one, I think you had mentioned, one of us said something, I think it was you about that first one um, was going to be like a feeling out for McGregor. And it turned out that's what it was. Mayweather seemed like right in his element. 
Um, and Connor just, he didn't, he wasn't ready for the setup and was told that he was going to have to give a speech. Well, he wasn't told that he was going to have to well, give a speech. He, he thought it was going to be a press conference where there were questions asked, they answer, and that's honestly, yeah. that's more his element than, than this setup is. Mm-hmm. He's quick to fire back. He works better in the interactive ones, which is why he was in his element when when uh, Mayweather was speaking. And he needed to have a mic because that's where he's at his best. Mm-hmm. Um but there were lots of um, lots of differences with the press conferences. The first one was in Los Angeles, the West Coast uh, press conference. Crowds were different too. Crowds were very different yeah. as well. Um, uh, we'll get into the differences, but let's talk about the Los Angeles press conference. Um, it was it was the press conference that you know. Mayweather wore the pinstripe suit that had the pinstripes weren't pinstripes. They were actual words. And he said, I love you. Something like that, except different. Now, uh, let me just preface this on this podcast. We are a clean podcast. We don't, um, we don't swear. We don't curse. However, on this podcast, we will have some of the press conference um you know, the, the words that they used and all that, that'll all be beeped out. But just to warn you, there's a lot of beeping. And um, so, parents, it's up to you uh, if you want your children's, children to listen to this. Uh, but there is there are no expletives that we are going to um, share, but they will be beeped out. But a lot of times you can tell, especially the adults, you can tell what they're actually saying. So... With that being said, uh, Conor McGregor was first to go, and how they have it set, how they had it set up in case you didn't see it was they had the promoter for each. So in Conor McGregor's case, it was Dana White, and for Floyd Mayweather, it was Ellerby. What's his first name? Leonard. Leonard Ellerby. Um, would announce they would announce the promoter and the promoter would announce the fighter and the promoters really didn't do much else than really just give a quick little intro and then introduce them so uh this is what con this is the most what stood out most in the la press conference um that connor said um, Twenty thousand people it's it's mind-blowing. I'm absolutely honored to be here before you to give you this great spectacle. And somebody's O has got to go. He is <laughs> There's no other way about it. His little legs, his little core, his little head. I'm going to knock him out inside four rounds. Mark my words. As far as the fight, he will be unconscious inside four rounds. The movement, the power, the ferociousness. He's not experienced this. He's fought people who have shied away from him. I don't fear him. So that was pretty much um, a synopsis of, of some of what Connor said. He he didn't go off on a, for a real long time. Like I said, he didn't really know the format. No one told him. 
um, that he was going to have to give a speech, and he kind of said that at, at one point. Uh, but not a lot from Connor other than predicting the fight to end in four rounds. All right. Yeah, um, the only... I, I was surprised a little bit by the crowd with uh, with how heavy they they really booed Mayweather. So, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect with that one. Once I saw that, I thought it would carry through. And we'll get to that later on, but I thought we would see the same dynamic in the crowd. So that was one of the things that stood out for I me think we also. did see the same dynamic in the crowd. Well, other than he, Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. I well, was, that's there's a lot of reasons why. That was kind of a... Well, let's get yeah, we'll, into we'll, Brooklyn when we talk about that. But um, then we had Floyd, who actually, in the L.A. press conference, he knew what to expect. He knew the format. He, he said it. <laughs> he was the one that had control of that. And so, um, you know, knowing that there weren't going to be questions afterwards, knowing that there weren't going... That you had... Your time on the mic, and then that was it. Um, and they, when uh, Floyd spoke, Connor hung on to his microphone, and at, at one point, like they cut it off shortly after they cut off his mic, which we get into further story later on. So, this is what Floyd said at the Los Angeles press conference. 21 is the number. And they say, why is 21 is the, they say, why is 21 the number? Because that's how long I've been kicking ass. You light them up and I knock them down like bowling pins. And August 26, I'm going to knock this bitch out too. You name them. And I beat them. We talking about, we talking about from the 90s to now. We talking about world champion 18 years. But you know what? It's no problem. He said, he, he said, oh, Mayweather, I look good in my suit. I said, guess what? August 26th, we're gonna have on the same thing. It's gonna be the same results. And guess what? I'm an old man. I'm an old man. I'm not even the same man I was 20 years ago. I'm not the same fighter I was 10 years ago. I'm not the same fighter I was five years ago. I'm not the same fighter I was two years ago. But I got enough to beat you. You can do whatever you want to do. You can scream for whoever you want to scream for. You can shout for whoever you want to shout for. God don't make mistakes. And God only made one thing perfect. And that's my boxing record. Well, his boxing record is perfect to this point. That's true. And But according to some people's predictions, that boxing record is going to take a big L. Yeah, there was, I don't know if you had caught wind of this, but Dana White wanted to uh, wear a shirt that said 49, hashtag 49 and 1. Maybe not the hashtag on it, but somebody... Stole that. Mayweather got the copyright for 49 and 1. That's his. So if it ends up 49 and 1, 
and people are selling shirts, hats, whatever. Guess who's getting the profit from that? He's not a dumb guy. He's not a dumb guy. <clears throat> well, he that's true. But he's got to figure out how to slow down that um, the money going out. Uh, you know, because he's... Well, that's I don't... some of the discussion as to why he finally took this fight, what the true motivation I don't know was. that he's ever going to... He's going to wait until he's... He's the type of guy that I think there's going to be, you know, the story about how how is it possible that this guy went broke. He'll He's going to be that guy. He'll be broke. Hopefully not, because... Well, it's a lot he just can't, of money. He just can't keep up making the money as a as a promoter that he was making as a boxer, and because he's still going to spend like a boxer. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that he's spending like he's still fighting. Correct, and he's not. And so, until he learns that, I mean, anyway. So, any other comments on the LA? Um, press conference no just uh just the crowd which um i i was a little surprised and i thought oh wow it's gonna be like this going forward and then you know the next day i was surprised by toronto's crowd yeah and uh so that was those were the two uh quotes i pulled for the uh los angeles um los angeles press conference the next one, um, so I mentioned that Connor had his mic pulled. So when Connor was speaking, um, he went through his speech, didn't really know what to get into, didn't really know how this setup worked. He gave a fairly short speech, and then Floyd came up, and as Floyd was talking, Connor would get on his mic and start, you know, mocking him and saying you know it was funny it was connor at his best and and showtime or yeah showtime i guess cut off his mic and so the beginning of the toronto press conference um this is how he came up and how he started does this mic work well then that mic So he he had the mic in his hand, and there was a mic at the podium for him, and really got the crowd going immediately with, by smacking the mic on the podium away. Yeah, um, so back to what I said before, I thought the L.A. crowd was um, pro-McGregor, and then we get to Toronto, and it just, it's a raucous crowd. It's off the charts, yeah, it's crazy. Pro McGregor, and off the charts, like being loud and being raucous, and mm-hmm. and there's no other word to describe it. Um, but Connor helped the situation out dramatically. He helped the situation out by get egging them on, and he, here's how he did it. When I count the tree, I want this entire arena to scream. Mayweather's one, two, three, the Mayweather's, and that was um, he did that twice, and it was quite funny. As a matter of fact, during the whole time, 
if you looked at Floyd Mayweather, he was laughing because it was actually pretty good. It was a welcome to the Mayweathers is what he was saying, right? Welcome, welcome to the Mayweather. To we didn't want, we wanted to, like, welcome can sometimes <laughs> sound bad. So we had to make sure we edited that out. Yeah, that was a, a good point out because I was going to say something about that. When Connor was doing his thing, there were times when I was watching Mayweather to see what his reaction was. And a lot of his reaction was comical as well. Kind of like he wasn't phased by it. Like he was not even part of the shenanigans going on. And and that added to McGregor going after him even more and his team where... He went after uh, what is Steven Espinoza, the Showtime uh, general manager. Yeah, that was at uh, Toronto. Yes, yeah, I didn't, I didn't capture that, but um, those were certainly uh, memorable moments that we mm-hmm. can talk about. You know, just going after executives that are sitting up there. I mean, it re- he really reminded me <laughs> of. Stone Cold. Like, or uh, McGregor. Yeah. With the way he was... With the way he would... Like, he just didn't care if you're wearing a suit or not. Like, if you're one of the executives, it didn't matter. He was just going to lay into you, and you were just in line, and he was going to tear into you. And it was beautiful. I, yeah. I thought it was uh, um, very much... You know, one of the things that makes someone so captivating in wrestling and is their ability to like take a mic and just own it and just be this character and Conor McGregor is better at it than anyone I know him and The Rock and Stone Cold grab that mic and they own it and they're just ridiculous with it but that's a so so that's a that's just something you have it's not I guess well, you could hone that craft if, you know. Yeah, I don't think The Rock had it right away. I mean, even Stone Cold. I mean, most of those guys, it happened over time. McGregor's so young and so, I mean, he's had it just, he's just so good with that mic. Well, okay, so that's that's a good uh, point on how good he is with the mic. But it depends on the element that, it, that he's in because... He wasn't the same when we got to Brooklyn. It was a little bit different. It, well, it certainly wasn't. But I think that had more to do with not wanting to say the same things. I don't know. I, I think he was aware that Floyd was saying a lot of the same things over and over again. And I don't think he really wanted to to do that. And I think he, he, he held back. Some things he could have said, he didn't bring up like he didn't bring up any of Floyd's domestic abuse Mm -hmm. issues he didn't bring up um you know there were some things that he chose not to a road not to go down my guess is and I don't know if we'll ever find out about it but I think I was wondering if that was going to come out and I think that was um maybe a stipulation in the contract that you can't bring up these topics. Yeah, uh, it could very well be. 
I just want to say this. As far as Showtime goes and Mayweather Promotions goes, I think it's a tragedy. One, that Showtime did not start these shows off with a, a huge apology. I, I know I felt like it was extremely disrespectful to everyone else's time. To, to come late. I don't like that. I don't think it's showmanship. I think it's disrespectful to to the fans. And like I could care less about the sh- one-upsmanship between McGregor and Mayweather. I don't like my time to be disrespected. And I don't think the fans in general like to be disrespect their time to be disrespected. And that... That'll lead us into the next stop, but let's let's finish here in Toronto. Um, this next quote is Connor was talking about um, Floyd Floyd uh, at 28 years old and where Floyd was in his career compared to where Connor is in his career at 28 years old. 28 years of age, I'm getting fight checks and promoter checks. When Floyd was 28, he was on Oscar De La Hoya's undercard. And that's just facts. So after Floyd had repeatedly talked about Connor and saying, you know, Dana White's your boss and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, Connor put it in perspective saying, hey, I'm only 28 and I'm getting promoter checks now. And... When you were 28, you weren't. I'm, I'm ahead of you. I'm ahead of the the path you were on. Yeah, now I don't know. To me, I that was just a, a sound bite or a clip that where Connor was using it to his advantage. I think times are different now with... I mean, he's he's learning from what Mayweather did. You know, he's got his own promotion now, and Connor is he's 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 learning from him, and he sees what is probably the greatest boxer of our generation, and how he has built an empire. Connor wants to do the same thing. He wants to have the you know same legacy, but he wants to be known in both worlds in boxing and in MMA as the pound for pound greatest. Well, if he beats Floyd Mayweather, what what does that do to the two of their legacies? You know, I don't know yet. I, I think we won't know until afterwards because then what happens? Is there a rematch? Is it in the boxing ring? What if I mean, there might be a contract you know already drawn up for these conditions if if Connor wins by knockout, if it's inside of you know certain time frame, I don't know. I don't think we will know until the fight is over and a few months out how it's going to affect each of their legacies. We could speculate, but actually, something like this is you know we just got to let it play out. So uh, our next Connor quote is here. His head is too small. One shot is all it takes me. Check the facts. I bounce shots off there. I bounce heads off the canvas. 
and dribble that So Connor seems to be, you know, he seems to think that the size of Floyd's head, he brought it up quite a few times, that the size of Floyd's head is not a good combination for the size of his fist. It, uh, there is a big size difference. Um, I don't know if that's going to equate to anything once the, the match starts. There's probably something there to it, but I think it's more of um, the power behind the punch that can do some damage and not necessarily the size. Um, one of the ongoing comments that Connor was making throughout the course of the four press conferences was how Floyd Mayweather dressed during the press conferences and uh, and and him being in a track suit and always in sweatsuits and jumper suits and that kind of thing. So this is one of the funny comments he had about that. You're 40 years of age. Dress your f***ing age. Carrying a school bag on stage. What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. That one really got the crowd going good in Toronto, which that crowd was it was on oh, fire. It was insane, yeah. Um, That's it, an atmosphere. I wish you know somehow that we could have been there for just to experience it. But social media blew up with uh, with that about uh, Mayweather not being able to read. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. They just were all over it and. It just it was another knife into the back of Mayweather that he wasn't winning that round. Round two clearly went to McGregor. There was nothing that so there was no Connor fired the crowd up. It kept going. It was insane. He was witty. He was quick. It was very good. And he laid into the Showtime executives. He was just all over the place, firing up the crowd. I mean, it was electric. And then then Floyd came up to speak. And honestly, there's nothing Floyd could have done to win that round. It just he doesn't have it in him to when 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 the talker Connor was the way was on fire like he was in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Nobody's beating him. There's nothing anyone can say. And so Floyd came up. He had a cr the crowd against him. I mean, he was against all odds here. Um, we'll we'll listen to some of his quotes here. One thing we do know: the fans can't fight for you. Shut your mouth. So I think, you know, Floyd, as he was sitting there, he realized, like, wow, these fans are really against me. And I, I there's nothing I can do to kind of win them over. So I got to just say, hey, it's a fight, and <laughs> they can't fight for you. Yeah, you just stated the obvious. Yeah. Um, but he also said he he didn't just leave it at that. He also um, gave his resume, which is quite impressive. And this is it here. We're not talking about being at the top one year, two years, 
three years, four years, mother 21 years. They say I was too small. They say I run like a Well, he does tend to run around, not run, but like not engage a lot of times um, in the fight with an aggressive fighter. But then he continued on, um, started, you know, referring to to uh, Connor as a quitter. 49-0, yeah, mother I'm running into the mother bank. We already know this right here. He like to quit. What the is that? What the is that? Talking about how tough you is. Talking about you got pride in you. Talking about you are killers. Real killers don't quit. Real killers don't quit. You've never even, you don't even know nothing about true fighting. You've never been in there. You're against little boxes of flame. You're against a different animal here, Floyd. Shut up. 49-0. Yeah, mother I'm running into the mother bank. We already know this right here. He like to quit. What the is that? What the is that? So that was a recurring theme with Floyd Mayweather and talking about how Conor McGregor's a quitter. I think it's kind of odd that he would, that would be his primary thing because, you know, he's in a different sport where tapping is a reasonable thing to do and there's so many dangers in the sport of MMA that there just aren't in boxing yeah um one huge uh event it was uh Leonard Duran uh Nomas was you know the tap out in boxing it just doesn't happen in the sport of boxing but in MMA, whether it's UFC, Bellator, what you know, sports league you're watching, it's that is part of the game. That's part of the fight. And if you can get your opponent to do that, kudos to you. And it's no fighters ever looked down upon for tapping out. Well, it, it, I I take I will give an exception to that. Fighters are looked down upon when they tap out the strikes. Um, and fighters are uh, looked down upon when they tap out, like, immediately. But other than that, it's a perfectly normal thing to well, do. Well, okay. Yeah, so, with those situations, the, the majority of the time, though, when you're in a submission hold, some fighters feel like it's a badge of honor to be put to sleep others you know will tap out um, some depending on the hold if it's like an arm bar some type of submission hold like that they will go all the way until a joint is dislocated or a bone is broken we've seen that before so to you know to mock Connor for a tap out what, you know, I understand what uh, what Mayweather was going for, but it was it was a little weak. Well, it was it it was one thing to use it against him one time, but he used it all four press conferences. It was his main thing. It was his go to thing, 
And I agree that that's weak for your main thing, your go-to thing. Every press conference, that was your thing is he's a quitter. When, when it comes down to it, if you were willing to get in the octagon, you guys would be fighting in the octagon. And you're not willing to. And so you say you never back down from a challenge. Well, it looks to me more like Connor is the more brave one. And so, I mean, listen, make no mistake about it. Floyd Mayweather is one of the greatest all-time boxers in history. And I don't know how, but somehow, some way, people want to watch him. He's one of the most boring boxers I've ever seen. He's not exciting to watch. I don't get it. I don't know why boxing fans clamor to see him. But somehow he has generated that. And that's a tribute to him. Because he's not doing it in the ring. It, it has to be from talk. Well, you know, there is the mystique of the undefeated fighter. Um, somebody coming in. and uh, Is this guy going to be the one to get him off his game? To break through the defense? To put that one on his record? So there's that aspect of the fight. But when it comes down to it... I think the last knockout that he had where he showed some aggression was uh, was the one that he... Uh, I forget the uh, Victor. I can't remember his name. But he knocked Victor him out on a, yeah, on a break. Yeah. You know, so that, no, that was dirty. Right. But that's the last one. I think it was 2011. I think prior to that was like 2007 or eight, something yeah, like that. I don't, I don't know. even know. So he built his record. Um 26 knockouts that he has on his record have come from basically the beginning to um, a little more than midway in his career. Mm -hmm. um, and then he changed his game. And he became a very defensive fighter, don't get hit, and finesse and points. Don't that's, get, that's, that's part of the sport. No, and that's fine. Right, no. And that's fine, but don't act like you're like this power puncher, risk-taking, daring, never... Back from a challenge, Maverick. Like Tyson. Correct. Went in there and just threw. You know, he had head movement, but he was all about taking risk from the moment that bell was struck until the end. Well, see, here's the thing that I don't like is that Mayweather said, how can anyone not see this? I come in... I'm brash, I'm outspoken, and I'm vilified. Connor does it. He's Caucasian. He does the same thing, and people love him. Here's the difference. Connor is funny. That's the difference. Connor does it and is humorous. It makes people laugh. You do it, and it's not funny. It's not humorous, and it doesn't make people laugh. You're not, like... He gets on the mic and he says the same thing five times. You know what I know? You know what I know? You know what I know? The fans can't fight for you. The fans can't fight for you. Like, that. no, dude, that's not funny. That's the difference. It's not your skin color. People with black skin, African Americans, are extremely popular in all facets of life 
in every bit of entertainment. It's the fact that you, when you do it, are not funny. It's got nothing to do with skin color. It it doesn't. It, It has to do with you're not funny. Connor, if he wasn't funny, people wouldn't like him. That's the difference. The difference is he's funny, you're not. Boom. End of story. And he's got plenty, plenty of detractors. And I'm talking about McGregor. Plenty of detractors in the MMA world. So many that want to see him fall on his face. Particularly or, other fighters that are jealous right, of the absolutely. millions of dollars just he's go there. Yeah, it's, it's all a jealousy thing. And their fan base will follow their leader, who is like uh, the Diaz brothers. Um, they want to see that trilogy and s- stay relevant. But he just, he's, he's a brash, bold, um, polarizing figure. But he does, it, he does it in a way, like you said, with humor. Um, but he's just, he's unpredictable in his words, too. Yeah, and he's, he's really, I mean, he's just magic on the mic. He's the Eminem of MMA interviews. I mean... <laughs> Mystic Mac. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Floyd Mayweather leaned over to a fan and said, Hey, give me that. He's talking about the Irish flag. And the fan ended up giving it to him. I heard him say, I'm going to give it to Connor." He tricked the fan into giving it to him. At which point, Conor McGregor grabbed... The backpack that holds Mayweather's money and, I don't know, this backpack that I guess is his thing. I don't know. That he carries around this backpack. Yeah. A school bag. Um, So this is uh, what happened when all of that was happening. Don't you do something with that flag, I'll f*** you up. There's a barrel. That's it! That's it! There's about five grand in here! There's about five grand in here! F*** me! Just now you do something with that flag, you ain't getting this bag or this money back, and I'm gonna f*** you up on this stage! So, Floyd had a great idea to get a flag and mock him with the flag, and it immediately backfires on him. And that was one of the things that Connor could do. There was, it was like, I don't even know how, almost like a script, and everything was for Connor. Everything he said, everything he did, went his way. And one thing about Irish people, you know, of Irish heritage, they are very proud of their heritage. It's, it's something that is deep you know goes back generations and generations and they talk about it in a way that you can just see it's beaming and it's true and when connor was talking about him doing something to the flag he was defending ireland right then and there and that that was another thing that drew a huge huge response from from toronto so that's the Toronto highlights um, of the of that press conference. Um, it was by far, in my opinion, the best press conference 
um, that they had. Agreed. And um, to be quite honest, none of the other ones were close. Not even close. Um, I was I was pulling for London. I, I thought heavy I, Irish contingent in I Brooklyn. I did too. I did too. And and so we went from the best press conference to the worst press conference. I, and I don't think it was just. I don't think that it was just the worst because it wasn't good for Connor. I thought I thought it was the worst press conference that they had. Um, so here is the highlights from Connor during that press conference. This is Jay Z's new album, the 444. I want you to take this and listen to it and learn. Learned how to build and maintain a real empire, not a fake empire. I don't give a f how hot it is outside. I'm still wearing this. New York, New York. What a f city. What a city. To come back here. When I made history, I became the first fire in UFC history to win two world titles simultaneously. Thank you all. I'm blown away by the support. So there really wasn't a whole lot um, there in New York. Um, he, the normal jabs at Mayweather, but... Um, he, a couple of his jokes fell flat. There were some um, weird moments. And uh, it was kind of uncomfortable. It wasn't really a normal Conor McGregor showing. Now, he, he made uh, mention of Mayweather's outfit with the previous two uh, press conferences. And then he comes in and that... Mink, yeah. weird. Well, mink. He, he said it was a polar bear. Polar bear. Now, yeah. was that the same one that he wore? No, he. No, it was a different one. But it was the same color. Or what was it? Because we thought he showed one. up in. We're talking. Okay, right yeah. now we're talking about the UFC 205 uh, press conference in November of last year, and he showed up in a mink. Right, and it, it initially it looked like he was wearing a like a, a robe, a house robe, or something like that. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, it was it was odd. So he he mocked Floyd for his outfits, and then he showed up in Brooklyn with with that getup. And you know, I don't know. He had no he had no shirt on underneath. I thought it was funny. I thought the outfit was w one of the one of the highlights. But um, yeah, um. I don't know. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't well received. The crowd wasn't really. I think. So I think the whole thing was set up poorly because they came out multiple hours late, multiple hours. So the people were had been there for way too long, having very very poor. Um, what was the guy? The guy that was hype, the hype man. It was horror hype. It was absolutely horrendous. And 
I just think it was set up for failure right from the get-go. Yeah, and the other thing that I thought was the audio seemed off for the crowd also. Because you could really get a sense for what was going on in both L.A. and then the build in Toronto. And I don't know if that was Showtime, but it seemed to me like it was the Showtime production where it just couldn't get... Maybe it was uh, Barclays. Or maybe Barclays Center could be. Maybe it was the fact that Showtime didn't want the New York show to appear to be a pro yeah. Connor crowd. Who knows? But it wasn't it wasn't good. And then Floyd came on, and here are some of his highlights. Hard work. Hard work. Hard work. goes again with the quitting but these chants are so bad hard work what did, what did people I, say in response i got no clue but i was uh you know me and my wife watched uh watched them and that one of it was it became like an inside joke with us and all i could think of whenever i heard hard work was the beer commercials years ago uh taste great less filling and i heard hard work and i was thinking less filling and I had no no clue what they were saying. Um, it is so bad. It is like cringeworthy. Mm -hmm. Like, why doesn't someone tell him don't don't do that anymore? Like, it doesn't. It's horrible. He had a stronger fan base there. Um, Hard work. You, yeah, but it just didn't make any sense. It didn't really fit. And, and maybe he was trying to show he's got his fans behind him. But I just, it seemed out of place. What's the other one he says? Like, all work is easy work. Or like, well, yeah, how yeah. He... Yeah, so, yeah. The something... point to the easy work then. Point, oh, it's so horrible. And then when he goes, yeah. Uh, oh. Someone needs to tell him. Like, I think he has a bunch of just... Floyd cronies that won't even like say, dude, that is horrible. Please stop saying that. Please stop this hard work crap. It's really annoying. Yeah, and his uh, his entourage, the couple bodyguards that he had, the the rockheads that were there, they looked like uh, I, the typical beefcakes. That are all bulked up, and that's all they got. Yeah. Here's what else Floyd said in New York. 21 years? Fuck you and your time difference. Buy weight classes. Buy weight classes. And y'all choose a quitter? They said if you quit once, 
You acquit twice, but three times? Oh, man. Oh, man. So that was his go-to once again. The the Connor's a quitter. Um, in a sport where submissions are, are an actual thing, as opposed to boxing where submissions don't exist. Yeah, and he said, y'all choose a quitter, but he's the one who chose to fight McGregor. So it wasn't like... No, but he's saying, you're, you're, you guys are all cheering for him. It irritates right, right. him that he's he's not the favorite. Like, that people aren't cheering for him. They're cheering for the guy that he's saying, oh, you're, you're choosing a quitter? Yes. Someone who quits over someone who's 49-0 and 0 and is undefeated? It's a sport where submissions exist. It's the same as losing. Right. Now, what I find kind of ironic is... What bothers Mayweather about that statement, the fans are choosing somebody who has three losses on his record and he can't buy into it. But at the same time, I thought that that um, statement where Mayweather kept going to that, I think that was getting to McGregor. You know, maybe not a lot, but enough that he had he wanted to make a statement about it and that's where he said you know nothing about real fighting you know paraphrasing but so you think that he got under McGregor's a little skin. bit yeah, yeah. i see i did, i didn't i think he was like you know he knew that when they started negotiating that floyd wanted nothing to do with any rules that weren't pure boxing and so I think he knows that that's all a bunch of crap. That this whole, all that he's saying, oh, there's going to be the octagon next. And then the next thing he says is, you know, this is definitely my last fight. Like, he knows it's all crap. Um, moving on to the London highlights. I just get, I'm going to give you some Connor highlights and then, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go to Floyd after that. What's up, London? What an honor, what an honor for me to come over here and end this tour in a place so close to home where I can hear so many of my countrymen and so many people that are on my side supporting me. We are six weeks out from the biggest fight in sporting history. And I'm 29 today. 29 years of age. You mean, you mean no one's gonna kick? No one's gonna knee? No one's gonna elbow, and, I, and it's against this little brill hand. <laughs> You're all right, Leonard. I like you, but I've got to be real. When his legacy is destroyed in six weeks' time, it's gonna fall on your shoulders. It's gonna fall on senior shoulders. It's gonna fall on his whole circle's shoulders. He could have rode off into the sunset 49 and 0. Instead, this is my first time in a boxing ring. And in six weeks, I run boxing. <laughs> I'm just dancing around my boxing ring. This is my boxing ring. I am boxing. 
Right London, thank you so much. What a city, what a tour, what a honor. But let's get us straight. The bullshit is now over. Six weeks, I'm gonna sleep this fool. And when I sleep him, I'm gonna belt his head off the canvas as well. So it was fairly short, but it was sweet. It was, uh, he, Connor did a good job, but I think that it was a little less than people anticipated. They expected him to go on a little more and he kept it brief and he, he was, he was good in that brief period of time, but it wasn't the Toronto speech that, um, people were looking for. No, it was... I thought it was odd. The setup was... I, I know it was the boxing ring, but there was just something about it that did not seem right. It, it reminded me of, like, an old... The, the very first Rocky movie. Rocky. And he's fighting in these... Um, these rings that are these small venues and, like, smoke-filled arena... That's the impression that I got, and like the crowd was, was inebriated and ready to throw the head of lettuce and the tomatoes, something like that. It, was, well, it had that feel. It, it it did, and I don't remember how late this one started, but it was a couple hours as well. And I think when you when you do that, it it just it just sets a different atmosphere. Um. And you can't predict that atmosphere. It could be good because it could be raucous, or it could be bad because people are angry that you were disrespectful of their time. They're standing there for an hour, and nothing's happening. And then another 15 minutes, and they're looking at their watches going, don't these people care at all that they're starting an hour and 20 minutes late? Mm -hmm. And... You know, it just got to be too much. It was too disrespectful. So we had the time issue that I think started a little bit in Toronto with Mayweather coming out somewhat late, not dramatically late like the, the last two. But um, so there was that. Then there was also um, the controversy or, you know, a little side um, note was... When Connor had smacked the table with his left hand, and he immediately like looked down at it, and then went around to the table and sat down, and and he kept kept his left hand under the table, and he was continually looking at it. Now a lot of people are speculating that he was looking down at his watch, and that he may have broken the clasp on it, um, and you know still some reports were saying that there was some type of injury that occurred. Because of the watch being on there and him hitting the table, um, so if anything comes out about that, you know who knows. I'm sure there's going to be stories that you know somebody's going to question him on it, and he may deflect. But that was one controversy, and then the other was um, that people thought they both had shared a private jet from the U.S. to the U.K., and that was debunked. But there were media outlets that ran with the story where they just got some information, ran with the story before checking their facts. That doesn't happen with the media. There's 
No, this is the first time that ever happened, where the media jumped did, on yeah. something that wasn't true. Yeah, no, they just yeah, that never. The happens. media's like always honest. legit, especially the mainstream media. Yes, yes, very honest. Would never embellish or make up fake sources. Never. Um, nameless sources, sources close to the situation, would never do that. Never. Um, here's what L- uh, London brought from Floyd Mayweather. Money Mayweather is the mother name. And I ain't never been beaten. I'm a gorilla. And I eat through fighters like you. I ain't gonna touch you till August 26th. I ain't gonna throw you in your mother. I might not do the same. I knock you the same. I knock you the out. I just throw you the I knock you the out, punk. If you quit once, you quit twice. If you quit twice, you quit three times. But on the fourth time, I'ma knock you the out. I feel so good. I look so good. I'm undefeated. 21 year run. And this all y'all got to offer? You know what? This is a microwave meal. I'm a home cooked meal. And settle in on your stomach. Yeah, when I spark you August 26th, I'm gonna make you face me in the rematch in the Octagon. So there you have it, Floyd again, going back to his reliable quitter. Um, you know that that was his go-to, and uh, yeah, I mean, if he wants to, that's the thing though. That's the thing that I don't get. If if he wants to use that, he has to be willing to go to the octagon. You can't use that otherwise. If Connor had been knocked out, he would have uh, he would have something against him. But he's not putting himself in a sport that will allow that. So, like, I don't know. Well, there's there is um, an angle to it that he has. It's like he's you know keeping an ace up his sleeve. So if somehow Mayweather is the one to win the fight by knockout or TKO, then he can throw this back in Connor's face. You know, I told you how many times, four times, four different press conferences that you guys threw a quitter at me, you followed a quitter, and I made him quit. I told you he was a quitter. Something along those lines. So I think that's part of the angle that he's taken when he continually blasts him for submissions. I'm just, I'm trying, maybe I'm reaching here, but he's beating a dead horse. I can agree with that. He's beating a dead horse. And it was his go-to, and I just think that that was weak that he was going to use that as his go-to when he wasn't willing to, to step into the octagon and, or even consider any non-traditional boxing rules. Right. I thought... I mean, they could have made kicks and elbows legal. They could have made it a kickboxing match. 
pair the two the two skill sets and came in the middle, you know. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want any parts of anything that wasn't boxing. And so, how do you how do you make fun of the other person for something that you have zero willingness to do? Yeah, Connor has come all the way all over the way to over. the boxing side. Absolutely. So I thought the same thing. How could they have somehow met in the middle or brought in some MMA rules or equipment or you know whatever you wanted to make this more of an even match but you know Connor was willing to do anything and I thought okay so if if you're going to do something like that well what about using the MMA gloves and they could have gone that route they well, could have gone I don't four think outs. that I don't think that Floyd was willing to do any of that. No, you're right. Yeah, he he was not. Connors said several times about the different types of gloves, and you had, couldn't have certain types of padding. It had to be this. But he, it, there was very specific language in the contract for the type of gloves that uh, that had to be used. So one of the things that um, has been stated is that in sparring, you know, people are saying 10-ounce gloves are going to weigh Connor down. He's not used to 10-ounce gloves. Um, but in sparring, many times MMA fighters, as part of their boxing um, camp, inside that six-week camp leading up to a fight, when they're sparring in the boxing ring, they're usually wearing 16-ounce gloves, 10 to 16-ounce. So well, that's what boxers do too, though. Right. You know, so you can't say that there is this notion that Connor is going to be weighed down by having to go 12 rounds with 10-ounce gloves when he knows what it's like to fight with 10-ounce gloves. But to go, you know, from 4-ounce to 10-ounce, it just, you know, that, that to me is a non-factor, even if they were going to go higher than that. the The gloves... Wouldn't matter. I, I, um, and if you got power, it's coming through in four ounce, in 10 ounce, 16 ounce, it doesn't matter. A powerful punch is going to hurt no matter what type of gloves you're wearing. Okay, so I want you to tell me in one minute, you're going to have, you're going to have a minute. I want you to tell me in one minute what's going to happen in this in this match so I'm gonna clock you and you only have one minute and I'm gonna I'm gonna okay so I'm gonna get mine ready on this end so I know when to wrap it up I'm gonna have it sitting right here okay so you can see it also yep yep all right are you ready you have one minute tell me what's gonna happen in this fight okay so what you said right there is what I think Connor is coming into this event that's his mindset. It's a fight. And Mayweather's looking at this. To him, it's a boxing match. And you have two different mindsets on the same ring. And how will those two approaches either work or work against, work for or work against each other? Somebody is going to benefit from that mindset. Either you know the boxer is going to win out. 
or the fighter going in with that mentality is going to win out. Um, I think it it lends it leans towards Connor. I said before, knockout, TKO, whatever you want to call it, and I'm still going with that. I got way more that I could talk about, but I'll just leave Time. it there. Okay, my counterpoint begins now. When all of this started, I was firmly believed that that Conor McGregor had nothing more than a puncher's chance to win. And I thought he had a reasonable puncher's chance, but I I did not believe that there would be any rounds that he was going to win. I did not believe that there would be any, you know, significant length of time that he would appear to have an up, up an advantage. Um I think less strongly of that having watched these press conferences and seeing the mindset of both fighters. Um, I think that Floyd came into these press conferences more confident than he could ever than he should ever be. And I think there is doubt in his mind now. I think that Connor is the strategic mind game playing guy and he's gotten into his mind and he's put some doubt in his mind. I still think he loses. Yeah, I... You want 30 seconds? Uh, give me 45. Okay, ready? Go. So, I'm still going with McGregor and the TKO. Um, but I just... I think about Mayweather's defensive skills and he's going to get hit. There's just no way... That you can get into a ring unless you're fading, facing an amateur, somebody who's green, you know. And I'm talking about Mayweather, where he would get into a ring and not take a punch, you know, maybe a glancing blow. But I just don't see that that's going to happen where he is not able to land a punch on Mayweather, and he's going to feel that power. And then from that point forward, it's going to be defense, and that's where I think McGregor could lose. I think that McGregor, he does need to... I think he needs to knock him out in those first four rounds. I think that's... Like I said, I still stand by he will not win a decision. He can't consistently outbox Mayweather, win points versus Mayweather. Now, I think Mayweather also has um, the stamina on him. I don't think that... He can stand and 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 go be solid in round 10, 11, 12. I, I just don't see that happening. Mayweather has done it so many times that he can. He's proven it. He, he can. He might have more trouble now than he ever has, though. Well, you know, there is something to that. I, I agree with you that when it comes to stamina, just because he's done it so many times, that's a Mayweather advantage. But... I still go back to the five minutes versus three minutes, and I think Connor's going to have some gas left in the tank when we get into the later rounds if it goes that far. Well, I, I, I think he's setting himself up for four rounds or less, similar to when he gassed against Diaz in the first fight, um, and he went to knock him out. Yeah, but here's the thing about MMA... You can gas a lot, lot, lot easier in MMA. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. In boxing, right? I mean, the grapple, the 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 grappling 
the wrestling against the fence, like just the the clinch, the clinch game in MMA just wears you out. Unless you're Ryan Bader and Phil Davis. And then you just want to do that the whole time. Yeah, and then you don't gas. And then do nothing right. else. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think McGregor's probably good to go for six or seven rounds. Strong, solid. But I, I tend to think that he's just going to get picked apart. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think by the eighth, ninth round, it's, he's going to keep picking him apart. It's only going to get worse from there. You know what I mean? I think yeah. once you hit the sixth, seventh round, you're going to start. It's going to be more and more and more and more, and then it's going to be a point where he has very little to no offense. He, it's going to be a point where he's he is tired and he's not used to this, and he's not even throwing punches anymore. He's getting peppered, and none of these shots are like devastating, but it's the cumulative it's points, effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's and, and the cumulative effect. I think it's going to take its toll on him, and uh, I, I. I, I think he could get a Mayweather could get a TKO. I still lean a little bit more toward a decision win, probably a, a a dominating decision win. But yeah, that's where I'm at right now. But this is all developing; it's all changing. And you know, there's been rumors out there that Conor McGregor's gotten knocked out in training yeah, and all that, that stuff. And so we'll we'll have to see. Um, uh, McGregor's already talking about his next fight. He's he's talking about. He told Dana White, "Hey, I want uh, Habib in Russia." Except he didn't call him Habib. I think he called him. He said the Russian. The Russian. The Russian sicker, Nikita Golov. Oh, sorry. Little. Oh, or he says he might want the trilogy to happen. He did mention that, and that would be that would be for a fifty-five, the bell. That would be a defense, which I think everyone wants. But I, they, I'm, I'm sure the the lightweight division doesn't want that to be the defense. Okay, so let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's say the trilogy fight happens. That's the next one. What, how does that affect the pay-per-view buys? Does that mean now that Connor elevates every ticket? And it just it keeps building and building and building. How long will this roller coaster? I shouldn't even say roller coaster, but this freight train keep going. That's McGregor and his star power. How long will do you that mean, carry? Do you mean with him or the UFC? You mean with him? Well, with with him and the UFC, because Dana he's still under contract, and Dana's gonna hold him to it. Or at least until there's money to be made on McGregor. So I'm just wondering, the next pay-per-view that he's in, you know, 216 or whatever it is, you know, that we get to in the fall. The winter, probably. Yeah. I mean, realistically, you can't fight until, like, November, December. Well, he he's crazy, though. I think he just wants to fight in Madison Square Garden, though. Which so would that's be November, November yeah. yeah. Okay, so he fights in November. Um, who does he take on at that point? Because uh, Khabib and Ferguson, Habib. yeah, either one of those three, Khabib, <laughs> Habib, or Ferguson, still have not gotten together. And Ferguson is, last I heard, 
he was going to give him another chance, but um, I, mean, that I think was, that's the fight Dana wants to see. Still, he wants to get that fight set up and rocking and rolling, and then you know, Connor can fight in November against the winner, or who knows what happens. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is Gago, and we we're gonna try to get this wrapped up in the next ten minutes. Gegard Musasi has uh, made the decision to jump ship and jump over to Bellator and join the middleweight division in Bellator and will immediately start with a October fight, which is scheduled for um, Bellator 185 at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut. He will be fighting Alexander Shlomenko. Shlomazo. Something, something incorporated. Yeah, so off air before the podcast even started, we were looking at that and trying to match him up with potential fighters down down the line. Well, I mean, you so you do one of two things with Musasi. Musasi is the best fighter in the middleweight division in Bellator right now, hands down. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the biggest name, he's the most accomplished, and he should pretty easily win the belt. What do you do with that? He, he, let's take, let me take a look at his age. He's 31 years old, so he's not too old to start building other fighters up on, because he's in his prime. I, I I just don't know what he has to gain other than financially. He has nothing to gain as far as legacy. He doesn't have a lot of good matchups against anyone with any name. And they're not going to use him to build up younger fighters because he's too good for them. So really he's going to come in and just own this division, I think. Well, yeah, I mean... You look at his record, and you would think that he's been around for years. And to some extent, he has. But the guy is, he's only 31. And he's fought close to 50 times already. I mean, he's hes an active guy who, you know, it will, I mean, he, I don't think he has um, Okay, so in April, he fought Chris Weidman, beat him. Yeah. In November, he fought Uriah Hall and beat him. That was a rematch that he he, uh, you know, lost to back in September of 2015, which was his last loss. It was against Uriah Hall. It was a big upset, a very surprising loss for him. But before that, he bo- he beat Vitor Belfort in October. Then in July of 16, he beat Thiago uh, Santos, and then. In February, he beat Thales Leites. Leites. So this guy fought February. This is 2016. He fought February, July, October, November. Four fights and two within a month of each other. He likes to be in there fighting. And I just, I I don't understand it. I, he, they're not going to give him the, the, the quality of fights he wants. It's not going to improve his legacy any. I... I this isn't the right division for him to, for him to go to in Bellator. Bellator doesn't have the. This isn't. I if you if you 
if they sign a lightweight away, I'm like, wow, that's great. But you take a look at the middleweight division, and they don't have the the matchups for them. Well, maybe that's uh, that was part of the reason for him going to Bellator. Bellator is on the rise right now in terms of attention and drawing crowds, uh, also drawing recognizable names to their roster. So if he gets in there and within you know a fight or two, a couple fights, he wins the belt, potentially he could go on a decent run of defending that belt based on the roster that exists right now in that middleweight division. So he could be adding to his legacy and being this title holder who's defended for three, four, five contests spanning over four or five years, something like that. I'm just throwing out numbers, but where else is he going to go? You know, because the division that he, you know, the, the roster in the UFC in that same division stacked. Yeah, and he was one of the top guys in it, and he was on a roll. Uh-huh. He, he, he could be fighting for a belt in one more fight. So I don't know. I just don't see what benefit it could be to him to fight in in this division and this in Bellator. Yeah, I, his last loss was to uh, who was it? Uriah Hall. Hall. Yeah, that's right. I already said that. I, I wasn't even paying attention. I don't pay attention to the things that you say. Well, that's why you make. For Wait, are you talking jerk right now? Store. I'm sorry. The I, jerk I, store called. They said they ran. You have out to go to you. work now. They said they ran out okay. of you. All right. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about as we wrap up. Are we is, sponsored by the jerk store? You're all time bestseller. Excellent. Uh, UFC Fight Night 116. Have you heard anything about this card? Just that it's it's one that we will be there attending. And if it's by our wishes, we will be credentialed. We will be. No, we no, will no, be. no, no. Right, we I will know. Be. Just... We will be there credentialed at the UFC Fight Night 116. It has not been made official. There's nothing out from the UFC. It's not um, been... Uh, any type of press release that's not listed on the on the website. However, there are widespread reports that the UFC has will be going forward with the September 26th UFC Fight Night 116, and it will be held right here at the home of Octagon 24/7. Home of MMA Fancast, UFC Fight Night 116 from the console. Oh, no, it's not console anymore. Right. From PPG Paints Arena in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, let's get ready to get ready. Sorry, I had to do that. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, do you like that? Well, it was pretty good. I, di- I didn't like it. From downtown Pittsburgh, uh, let's get ready to rumble!
Is it is the room still echo a little bit? I was I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. So we are <laughs> I believe it's September sixteenth. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the sixteenth. See, I, I may have I, I think I had sixteenth written and I changed it because I was thinking twenty sixth. But let me check that out. So a couple fighters that we know of that are gonna be on the card. Hector Lombard, who that is uh, Ryan, that's one of your favorite fighters. Um no, no, it's you don't not. want to see him get hurt anymore. He is such a favorite of yours. You wish that he would retire. Um, I believe Justin Ledette is on this heavyweight, and I think the UFC was expecting some things from him. And what was the controversy with him? Was it a failed, failed test? I can't remember what it was. I don't know, dude. What are you talking about? I was trying to look up the 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 date for it is September sixteenth. September sixteenth. That's ten days before I thought it was. That's mm. ten more days of excitement. That is six days after my birthday. Uh, who cares? I don't think you're gonna make it that. Dude, long. you're like so I, old already. I haven't even. I've barely reached. I haven't even reached the halfway point. So listen, lifespan. if UFC Fight Night is in Pittsburgh, which it is, I'm I'm banking on it, then that's going to be a lot of fun for us. Because it'll be our first Pittsburgh card since we started Octagon247.com mm-hmm. and MMA FanCast. Almost a year to the date. Almost a year. Because we were in Cleveland for for 203. We were up there for my birthday. Um, well, what was what was the date of UFC 203? I believe it was September 9th. No, it was the 10th. Was it? It was either the 9th or the 10th. I believe it was the 10th. Let's see here as we pull it up. UFC 203 was on September 10th, 2016. We were in Cleveland, Ohio. And if you're a new listener... Which there are plenty of new listeners. You haven't heard the stories of how Octagon 24-7 got started. How MMA FanCast got started. I'll give you the cliff notes right now real quick. We were in Cleveland, Ohio for UFC 203. There were three fans. Jim Sahara Mooney, who is with us here today. Ryan Middleton, that's me. <laughs> Just had my 40th birthday. And we had someone named Dan Altieri who likes to be called Terry Dactyl. And we were there to see UFC 203. Terry Dactyl started watching UFC with us a couple years back, but primarily is a WWE fan. So he was so excited when we decided to go to see UFC 203. We had already decided to do it, and then CM Punk was announced <laughs> for the card, so it like made his life. So we were there, and we were we were it, we happened to stay in the same hotel as all the fighters. We got there on Thursday for the press conference. Went to the press conference, came back. All the fighters are hanging out in the hotel. We're like hanging out with all the fighters, like making videotapes and like like just videoing. And then we start videoing them coming back from the weigh-ins, uh, the ceremonial weigh-ins on Friday, and they start like. Talking to us. No, no, like that was press. The, the press conference. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. So they come back from the press conference yeah. on Thursday, 
were videotaping them, and they like start answer. No, it was Friday. I'm telling no, you. it was you're wrong. It was it was the presser. No. So okay, so maybe then it was because they had something Friday. They had two things Friday. I remember one day they had two events. Well, but it was it, in it was case, the, it was the real way the real weigh-ins on Friday morning in the hotel we were staying at, and then the ceremonial weigh-ins at night. But it, it wasn't had a in fan the fest. evening though. It wasn't in the evening because the ceremonials were in the evening, and this was during the day um, that we that you know did the videos and yeah. um, and they were thinking that. It's a new media outfit. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that's, you know, but anyway, not a point we, to argue. It's we, we are here, and it's been, it'll be a year in September. And September 16th, they'll be in Pittsburgh almost exactly one year after, you know, we decided to go and, and start this new venture. And we're a year, we're, we'll be a year in in just a couple months, and we're, we're so happy that you have found us. Please re- uh, go and subscribe first and foremost to this podcast, and rate us and review us. We need those. We need those to keep going. We're we're a young. We're learning. We're getting our making our way through this process. We need your support. So please subscribe to us. Tell your friends about us. Share us on Facebook. Do whatever you got to do. We got to keep this thing rolling. So, um, yeah, we're excited about UFC Fight Night 116, which we're hoping is officially announced in the next coming, uh, you know, in the upcoming week, so we can be officially excited. But we're unofficially excited at this point. So, that'll do it. That'll wrap us up for episode 32 of MMA FanCast. Folks, we are so happy you have made the decision to join us and to be with us week after week. Um, we have a lot of stuff going on on social media. If you check out our YouTube page, we have a Facebook page. We just started an Instagram page. Um, we're going to try to keep up with the content on that. But your uh, your follows, your likes, your subscribes keeps all that stuff going. So please do that. And um, we thank you for your support. And uh, so on behalf of the entire crew at octagon247.com and MMA Fancast. This is Ryan Middleton signing off saying thank you and God bless you.